So if you've got a Bible, if you want to turn to uh, Colossians chapter 2, and we're mostly focusing on um, verse 16 um, until verse 23. So in this particular part, Paul is talking about, actually, he's talking about someone who had got into the Christian community who was trying to take them captive by introducing legalism. And he says in verse eight, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world. So someone had got into the church who was introducing legalism. Now, legalism is an interesting phrase because it actually isn't a phrase that we find in the Bible. Paul doesn't say don't be legalistic, but he does talk a lot about any type of trying to earn the acceptance of God or any activity that we undertake that we believe will strengthen the love of God. So legalism is any practice, any discipline, any kind of obedience that we believe if we do it all perfectly, say it all perfectly, that God's love grows in warmth when we perform and becomes cold when we don't perform. And he says, don't let yourselves be taken captive by any person who is causing you to lose confidence in, in what Christ has done. And whilst looking at this verse, um, there is an important thing to say, is I'm not talking about anyone in the church. Our circumstance is not that someone is introducing this form of legalism. More, Paul is talking about there's a spirit behind legalism. So whilst we don't have someone, we still have the reality that there are demonic spirits who will attempt to infiltrate our thinking and our mind in order to take us captive. And Paul says that in verse one, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. And so it's relevant today because there's still the reality that demonic spirits will attempt to cause believers to lose confidence in the love of God. It's interesting in this passage, and I'm going to focus really upon verse, verse, verse 16, is that extreme self-discipline actually doesn't look dangerous. We can see in these verses, in verse 18, it says, let no one disqualify you, assisting on asceticism, which is extreme discipline and worship of angels, going into detail about visions and puffed up without reason by his sensual mind. And so this person is saying, look at my life, look at my disciplines, look at my severe treatment of the body, look at how I pursue the spiritual things. And this person looks successful. This person looks spiritual. They seem to be is succeeding. They're having these incredible spiritual visions. They're talking a lot about the angels that they're seeing. And uh, they're talking about, if you want what I have, then you too need to have this asceticism, this severe treatment of yourself. 
if you want what I have, this person is in the church saying, and behind them is a demonic spirit. What it's saying is if you want the spiritual, then you have to be extreme. And Paul says in verse 23, he says, these indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. He's saying there's actually something very attractive to us as believers, something almost desirable and attractive. We see somebody who seems to be having incredible spiritual encounters. We look at their life and they tell us about their life. They might tell us about the fact that they never eat. They fast a lot. They might, they might tell us about their severity in terms of the, their prayer life. And, and we think that's wise, that's attractive. Paul says this legalism, this activities to win the favor of God actually has an appearance of wisdom. But the trouble is legalism is incredibly dangerous. What it brings into a believer's mind, into a community is self-reliance and self-sufficiency. It's incredibly dangerous because it pollutes and it spoils. Legalism, the belief that my activity, my efforts, my discipline, my habits are going to cause me to grow spiritually, pollutes and spoils. And what Paul clearly says is don't let anyone take you captive by these empty philosophies and these vain things. He says, if that gets into your heart, if that gets into a community's heart, what you lose is your joy, your freedom, your courage, your confidence. And so he's saying, don't fall for this asceticism, which is this harsh, strict self-denial. It's interesting because it looks spiritual, but what it produces is mental anguish. And we find that sometimes if you go into um, mental health wards where people have been sectioned, you can find people who have extreme religiosity. They, they punish themselves and are harsh with themselves in order to achieve a spiritual goal. It actually produces in the believer a very undesirable life. Legalism kills, it steals, and it destroys, and it produces in us an undesirable life. Some people have fallen away from Christ because they've felt, I can't keep the standard, I can't keep the rules, I'm never doing as well as someone else, there's someone always more spiritual than me. It produces a tight kind of life, a rigid kind of life, and a very, very restrictive and let me say, an incredibly unattractive kind of life. We don't go to, we, we, we don't introduce people to Jesus, we introduce people to our misery. Come and join me in my asceticism, my, my extreme disciplines in order to have a spiritual life. So Paul is saying this, it's any activity that is added onto your faith that is promising comfort, satisfaction, and peace. It's any kind of rules and behavior 
that says if you keep these rules perfectly, you'll have spiritual experiences. It's anything that removes our confidence from the love of Jesus and the finished work of Christ. A writer has said, if you can imagine inside our brains, it's like there's a factory that's all the time manufacturing bargaining power with God. And sometimes it's subconscious, it's under the iceberg, we're not aware of it, but it creates a kind of drivenness. It's all the time producing um, some kind of leverage. We think if I do this, God will love me. If I do this perfectly, God will really love me. So let me give you some examples. Um, these are examples that I've heard and these are examples that are around. Where someone might say this, if you really, really want God's approval, if you really, really want God's blessing, and if you really, really want God's best, you've got to give everything away. Um, I heard, and I'm not sure if it's someone told me this story in our church or someone had an experience, they were at a meeting and someone essentially said this, if you want the blessing, you need to renounce all material wealth. You need to give an offering that's above and beyond what you really can afford. Because if God sees that, he'll know you're serious. And this poor man didn't have anything. And so he put his wedding ring in the offering. And when he got home, he regretted it because that was his wedding ring. It had no business being in an offering. But what was being presented to him was severe treatment of the body. It was what Paul is talking about here, asceticism. It's behavior to win approval. It was the renunciation of all possessions. It was the renunciation of all pleasures. Another one might be, if you really, really want God's approval, you need to start praying all night. Um, it might be people say, yeah, if you really were loving Jesus, you would, you would renounce all the necessity to sleep. You, you would, because then he will see you're serious. Another one might be, if you really want God to break in, then you really need to fast until it hurts. And it's like I heard someone say, it's like going on hunger strike. God, I need you to break in on this. I'm not eating until you do it. It's um, a kind of hunger strike. It's a kind of infliction of pain in order to win favour. Now, I think fasting can be a beautiful thing when it's about I want to carve out some time to connect relationally to Jesus. I want to carve out some time to be with him because I love him and I want to say to him, you know what, you're the bread of life and I live from you and I just want to have some time with you. I think it becomes problematic when it becomes you need to fast in order for God to move. It becomes this. If you're really serious about Jesus, you wouldn't eat that donut. And it, we can see it in verse 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink in regard to the festivals or new moon or Sabbath. The writer Paul is saying there, look, this person's bringing all these Old Testament rules of don't eat, don't touch, don't do, don't go, follow this festival, keep this perfectly in order that God 
might bless you. It's external rules about food and drink that Paul says in verse 21. He says, um, if with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world, important part there, um, why do you still, um, why do you still, um, why as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to its regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. So this person's introducing and saying, you wanna be right with God? You wanna follow God? You want the blessings of God? Don't touch, don't handle, don't taste, don't go there, don't do this. And we can see that with people who might say, if you really follow Jesus, don't listen to that. Don't go there. Don't have a TV. Renounce all possessions. It's all these things, these external rules that someone places on someone. We can see it in extremes where we can see forced celibacy. In other words, the, the saying to people, you cannot marry if you really are going to follow God. In other words, it's anything that is enforced upon a person that shows they have separated from normal society. That's why it's completely unattractive. That's why it's too heavy. That's what creates a crushing burden. It's rules about money. It's rules about food. It's rules about possession. It's rules about religious festivals. It's rules and rules and rules and rules that the believer thinks they have to keep so that people can look on and say, wow, that person's serious about Christ and you now can have these encounters that I'm having. Now they're quite obvious. They're quite obvious and we probably would say, yeah, I can see that, that happens, I've seen it, I've heard about it, but there's some more subtle versions of asceticism and severe treatment of the body and legalism that gets in. Perfectionism is a severe treatment of the body. It says this, if I do it all perfectly, say it all perfectly, then I'll be protected from shame, guilt and blame. It's that kind of drivenness that I've got to do it all right, otherwise I'm not quite right. We can see severe treatment of the body in this, the denial of emotions. Have you ever heard of this, where people say a believer must always be joyful, a believer can have no grief, a believer can have no sadness, a believer can't process disappointment. And it's the harsh treatment of the body that you need to constantly be wearing a spiritual mask to impress other people of your spirituality. And that if you in one moment express the, the painful emotions or difficult emotions, people might think, well, you're not really a believer because if you were really a believer, you wouldn't be feeling grief right now or sadness. That's a denial of emotions. That's asceticism. That's a severe treatment of the body. Or it's where we believe there's only one thing that really matters and that's spiritual. It's where we are overly spiritual, where we deny things like hanging out with people for fun, doing things that are just fun, where we're always constantly on and never at rest, where we feel, we feel guilty because maybe that evening we wanted to watch a movie and then we feel guilty because we thought I could have been in prayer tonight. That would have been a better use of my time. And so it's striving it's drivenness, it's renouncing ordinary fun. Another expression of severe treatment was where we don't 
embrace the reality of limitation and being human. Each of us have gifts and talents and abilities, and each of us have limitation. We, we, we each of us have 24 hours a day. Each of us um, have different capacities and different energy levels and different needs. And so where we become ascetic or, or um, harsh treatment is where we deny the fact we are a limited person and that we can't do it all. I would say my own experience with obsessive compulsion disorder had partly its roots in asceticism and extreme self-discipline. It was the idea that I needed to be omniscient, all-knowing, that I couldn't embrace the limit, that I don't know all things, and I don't know all things about my motivation, and that I'm looked after by God. Another severe thing that we can fall into is shame and guilt when we make a mistake and we beat ourselves up and we refuse the comfort of Christ in the midst of our pain and suffering. And there's a great book about that, that Christ gets up in the morning to get in the middle of our pain and suffering. That's what he lives for, to get right in the mix of our failures and give us grace. Severe treatment of the, build, of the body is where we refuse the comfort of Christ and impose punishment upon ourselves in order to show Christ that we are really sorry. That, that actually behind it has a spirit that wants to take away our joy. And so wrapping up, Paul isn't encouraging in these verses the abandonment of a godly life. He's not saying that. He's saying this, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or Sabbath or, or, or festival or new moon. Let no one pass judgment on you. In other words, we don't get con to control whether someone brings a legalistic influence into our life. We have no power. Paul doesn't say let no, have no legalism, or he's saying when legalism comes to you, whether it's through a, a, a demonic spirit or whether it's through another believer, he's saying don't submit to someone else's practices in order that you might yourself feel acceptable to God. Verse 16, therefore let no one judge you, let no one deny you. So if someone comes to you and says, um, I get up every morning at four to pray for four hours before work, for them, it might be a God grace capacity issue and Jesus has asked them. Now, what the spirit will do, what the elemental spirits of the world will do is come in and say, if you really love Jesus, you would do the same. And Paul is saying, don't let anybody judge you. Don't let anybody deny your confidence before God. Don't let anyone pass judgment on your standing based on their own rules. Now this person is creating man-made rules, rules that have nothing to do with the commands of Jesus, rules that have nothing to do with what Jesus modeled and what Jesus taught and what we're to teach and make disciples with. Paul says it has the appearance of wisdom, it looks attractive, but it's self 
made religion. It's asceticism, it's severity to the body. We've got nothing to do with that. We don't at all embrace it. And so we say, in your conscience, be absolutely clear. Don't let anyone ban you from your enjoyment of Jesus. Don't let any kind of legalism deny the pleasure and the comfort of what Jesus has done. The fullness that we enjoy is because Christ is in us, in you, in me, in the community, the hope of, Jesus, of glory. Christ does not become closer or more pronounced by legalism, or he doesn't become closer by any practices. We don't get him to come closer by creating practices. When we read the scriptures and meditate on them, when we pray, when we speak in tongues, we become aware of the one who was always with us. He does not draw closer because of our disciplines. So you don't need to listen to legalistic spirits. You don't need to listen to their threats and their manipulations and their demands and their bullying. Why? Because you've died in Christ, you've risen in Christ, and their voice is none and void. It has no need. So let's, let's finish with this then. Believer, your, your adoption is settled and irreversible. The debt that was against you has been nailed to the cross. He has made you his own. He's never, ever going to change his mind about you. Verse 19 is the key. And they go into detail about their visions and puffed up without reason by their sensual mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through which joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. The growth you need, the power we need is a growth that comes from God. It comes from our union with Christ. It comes through our dependence upon him. It comes from renouncing self-sufficiency and embracing dependence. That's where it comes from. And he says to finish this little section, these, these indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Legalism, extreme asceticism and discipline cannot stop sinful indulgence the only thing that can is to be aware of the one who loves us to be aware of the one who's always near us to be aware of the one whose love is unconditional legalism is like having a pea shooter and trying to bring down a huge plane it won't work but christ is overcome Christ has cut us off from those simple things. And when our minds are fixed on him who is above, we become like him as we see his glory. Our life is to be fixated upon the good news of the, the gospel. Do not deny yourself the comfort of Christ. Enjoy the warmth of his love. It's as we're enjoying his love, we find that we grow with a growth that comes from God.